thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Here's the vision of the series that we're going after. And uh, we've noticed that Jesus talks to large crowds, Sermon on the Mount, all of us have looked at the, the red letters. In fact, we did a series called The Red Letters um, where we talked about what Jesus taught. And all of us know what it's like to, to study that. And that's the way that he talked to crowds. And then so much uh, emphasis on being a disciple. Um, we see Jesus spending time with less people where he taught just the disciples or he trained the disciples. And when we look in the gospels, there's these moments where Jesus spends time focused on the one. So we created this series with the idea of see the one, where we want to be like Jesus, where we want to apply his teachings. We want to relationally connect with people to help us on the journey. Our language around here, the way we said that's being transformed, where you get connected. But Jesus also was so intentional with one-on-one relationships. Jesus saw broken, hurting people, and his compassion led him to action, and that those, those action moments where he had one-on-one conversations with people, one-on-one healing, one-on-one mercy moments, where it's, it's such a part of the gospel narratives that we just said, we're gonna, we want that in us. And we're going to take some time and ask God to put that in our hearts so that when we are at hospitals during the week, uh, when we are in universities, when we're at the, at the QT, I mean, the QT, KC knows how to do gas stations real well. I mean, at the QT or we're at the mall or wherever we are, that we have eyes to see the one. In a consumer culture, so easy. Actually, the essence of idolatry kind of gets down to somehow exalting me and not honoring God. And the way that we honor God is that we take steps to be like Jesus and do what Jesus did. And we have these gospel stories where Jesus saw the one and we're aiming at God, rearrange the way that I think, the way that I see my life so that I put margin, I put intentionality to see the one. And so we, uh, we told that story out of John four. We talked to the Samaritan woman. Then we went after that story in Luke seven, um, where Jesus we, we, so last week it was fun because we compared how a religious Pharisee responds to uh, a sinful woman versus how Jesus does. Um, and today I want to go after this, uh, this ever so famous story in Luke chapter 19. Um, it's the story of Zacchaeus, which I love Zacchaeus. I relate in so many ways. And um, verse one says this, he says, uh, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Not that he's rich. Sorry. I meant that he was short, but that could be confusing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just was like, I'm out. This church. That, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. All right. I got to focus. No jokes. Read the Bible. Jesus entered uh, Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. 
So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, 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 hmm, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Father, we love you today. We come before you in the powerful name of Jesus. What a joy to partake of communion together and to remember Jesus going to the cross for us. And Jesus, you rescued us. Jesus, you are transforming us. And Jesus, you are filling us with supernatural power. And Jesus, you're helping us to become a radiant people. And we ask that this mission statement that we see from your mouth, that you came to seek and to save the lost. God, I ask that that would live in me and my family and my friends here today. Jesus, we ask that the church in Kansas City and the church in the United States of America and the church around the world would aggressively get on mission with you. We pray, Lord God, that you would help us to stay focused on what matters most. We love you. Open up our hearts. Open up our minds. This familiar story, God, let it have fresh application for our lives today. We honor you and we love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Um, great party. February 12th this year. Don't know if you remember what you were doing. Incredible. All of a sudden, there's Kansas City knows how to really celebrate when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Uh, like in my neighborhood, um, fireworks going off. I mean, screaming. Actually, um, people, you know, honking. And uh, it's just, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, uh, like, like the whole city. And then not just the night of, of the victory, but man, the parade, like everybody in a, in a city is going crazy and, and celebrating and rejoicing. It's kind of what we do. And so it's, it, it affects what you wear. It affects how you talk. I mean, everybody is celebrating. There's a, there is a reason to celebrate. There is excitement in the air. There's, there's joy. I mean, everybody's rejoicing. Everybody's going after it. And it's actually becoming quite common here in Kansas City. You know, it's just another, another year, another celebration. Um, that was a good amen right there. And, and I was thinking about uh, if, let's say that you, um, let's say that you came, um, I, I've, I've been to uh, s small villages uh, in Africa where I stood up and uh, tried to tell them about Jesus and had to explain where I was from. And they're in such a rural area that, and, and they have so, so little education that they, they, they don't know anything about the United States of America. I mean, and that's, that's very rural, but nonetheless true. And imagine if one of those people came to Kansas City and you were trying to tell them, why is everybody celebrating? Oh, it's because of what's taking place in Phoenix on a field is causing our city to celebrate. You'd have to explain to them. You'd have to, you'd have to help them understand what's going on in Phoenix, that there's this game and what takes place there causes this city to rejoice. Jesus in Luke 15, when he's telling the story about what it's like when a lost sinner repents, he says, all of heaven rejoices. So he's explaining to the people, there's a place 
where there is enthusiasm and excitement and joy that makes even a Chiefs Super Bowl victory seem small when something takes place in another place. And it's where on earth a sinner repents. There's rejoicing in heaven. So in verse 7 and then in verse 10 of Luke 15, he explains. He explains when he tells the parable about the lost coin, the parable about the lost sheep. He's saying, and heaven rejoices. It's a great phrase. And heaven rejoices. Well, what causes heaven to rejoice? Well, far more than even fireworks in Kansas City, far more than honking of the horns or, 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 or the feast or whatever we bring out, the barbecue to celebrate a Super Bowl victory in heaven when a, when a lost sinner repents. That's the story. So our Savior, our Lord, he's telling the story and he's teaching. And, he's, and, and, and imagine if you and I could start to get a little bit more of that idea in us where we could see it and we could say, okay, this is what matters to heaven. This is what matters to Jesus. This is what matters to me. Jesus, uh, before we read all these stories about one-on-one -on -one conversations, he actually steps in uh, and, he, and he explains his mission. I just want to read it to you. Luke 4, 16, it says he went to Nazareth. And when he had been uh, brought up, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the, to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Here it is. So he's reading Isaiah, and he's going to talk about him being a fulfillment. Listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And here's what Jesus is saying. This is what I came to do. This, this is the mission statement. This is, this is who I am. And then when we read Luke, Luke gives a story after story. Like I just read it this week afresh because I was thinking, how long should we keep this series going? Like this see the one stories, because really we could go the whole fall. I mean, we could go a long time because there's so many stories where Jesus sees the one. So I'm not gonna go the whole fall, but I am gonna just, I'm gonna rifle it to you today. We're gonna go till 3 p.m. today, everybody. Just kidding. Oh, that was a little nervous chuckle in the second row. All right, but, but, but just l listen, to, listen to this. I'll just give you a few. Luke 4, 35, Jesus cast a demon out of a man. That's a, that's, that's a see the one. Luke 4, 38, he heals Simon's mother-in-law. So that's, that's, Jesus sees the one. He sees Simon's mother-in-law, heals her. Luke 5, 13, Jesus heals a man with leprosy. He sees the one. Luke 5, 24, there's a paralyzed man. Jesus heals him. Luke 5, 27, just the story when he, Jesus kept engaging with the tax collectors. Like this is a story about Zacchaeus, but Jesus, Jesus connected with these most hated people, the tax collectors. And Jesus calls Levi a tax collector to follow him. Luke 7, 1, Jesus heals a centurion servant. The centurion, the Roman. And he, I care about your servant. So the Roman servant, Jesus sees the one. I care about the centurion. I care about the centurion servant. So many of you think, Jesus is too busy for me. No, Jesus here came for all. Luke 7, 14. Jesus raised, raises a widow's son from the dead. That's a fun story. 
I mean, I, I actually started, I, I really wanted to go into that one today. I'm not going to go there. We went after Zacchaeus. But this story was a fun one because think about the nature of a widow. Her husband's already died. Now she's got this son that's died. She's walking out of, this, out of the town. It's the funeral. And there's all the, all the, all the, all the mourners and Jesus coming into the city. And then Jesus raises her son from the dead. I mean, imagine that moment. Everybody's sad. Da, 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 and then raises the boy from the dead. And then the mom's like, funeral's over. <laughs> like, party time. <laughs> like, I mean, can you imagine her? I mean, I, that's a different sermon, but I just was lost in that one. Like I was putting myself in the position of this woman who had lost her means of income, who had lost her husband and then lost her only son and boom. I mean, just imagine how much you would love Jesus. You would, you'd love him. Uh, Luke seven forty four. this is what we talked about last week. Jesus defends a sinful woman uh, to a religious Pharisee. Luke eight thirty three. Jesus casts out a demon. Luke eight forty four. Jesus heals a woman with the issue of blood. Luke 8, 53, Jesus raised a little girl from the dead. Uh, Luke 9, 42, Jesus cast a demon out of a young boy. Luke 13, 13, Jesus heals a crippled woman. Luke 18, this is a fun one. Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus. Now we know in Luke, he doesn't give us the name Bartimaeus, but we, we, but we read it um, in Mark. But that's a great story, the blind man. And then, then we get to Luke 19 and we get the story of Zacchaeus. And I just give you those because I'm actually not going to continue and do this through the whole fall, but I want you to see how often Jesus keeps seeing the one. And I want to invite you to see the one. I want to invite myself to see the one. So for you, it's probably not tax collectors, um, people with leprosy. Put it in our 21st century context and put even in, in, in your world because the thing that I find so amazing is how often it's the down and out, broken, hurting people. And I think so much of the time we think, tell you what, I will, I'll hang out with the influencers. I'll be an influencer. I'll hang out with the influencers. And Jesus does that. In John 3, I mean, we see Jesus with Nicodemus. So Jesus with religious leaders all the way to thieves, everybody in the middle. But I do think as I just try to read the gospels afresh, and you read it yourself, you figure it out for yourself. It just is amazing how often Jesus spends time with the outsiders. It is just pretty, pretty remarkable if you just get fresh eyes and say, I really want to bend my life around the stories of Jesus, become like Jesus. I don't want to just live my suburban Christian life where I do Christianity the way that I see other people doing it. And, and, and maybe even the way that I saw my parents doing it, or maybe the way that I saw that, you know, my, my preacher when I was 12 do it. I really want to just read the Bible afresh and then bend my life around what I see in Christ. I think you'd be surprised how often, and just do it afresh. Jesus sees the one. He sees these broken people. And I love the way that I see just such action in Jesus. It's not like he has compassion or like empathy, and then it's just like it just lives here. Somehow we see that the compassion leads to doing something. It leads to action. And that's, that's what I want to invite us to as we go into this fall. I just want us to come out of summertime, kind of break off the summer slump and go full roar. What does it look like for me to intentionally follow Jesus this fall? What does it look like for me to see the one? 
the broken, the hurting. And Jesus with Zacchaeus, that's the story. All of them would have probably hated Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, who's a, a, a Jewish man and in alliance with the Romans. And basically the easiest way to say it is when he's kind of ripping off his people and giving too much money to himself, high taxation to the Romans. Imagine how you would feel if somebody was essentially one of your people betraying you and, and you could say stealing from you. I mean, taking too much. That's how the Roman empire expanded is the heavy taxation. So now these people are, are they're, they're too poor. They're oppressed. And, and these tax collectors played a part in making that happen. So you would feel so angry. You would imagine if you lived in the same town with the same guy who constantly came and essentially felt like they were stealing from you because though it was legal, it was too much. It was, and he's taking from you and giving it to the Romans and paying himself. Have you ever, I mean, think of the moments where you where someone's stolen from you. I mean, think about that anger that you had. We had it um, here when we started this church, uh, we had a moment where uh, you don't have, we basically had a trailer, a projector, and some curtains. That's basically the, the net worth of, of Radiant Church. And uh, someone came in and stole out our stole our projector, like broke into the storage mart. And uh, and 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 calm, cool. Nathan calls me. You know, Nathan, like his heart rate doesn't get up very high. He's just calm and cool. You know, he just calls me. Hey, brother, just want to let you know, someone someone broke into our trailers. Well, I'm sure it'll be fine. You know, I'm just like, and I'm like, ah, you know. And Nathan's calm and cool and. Then it happened again where we had a, we had a red truck. Um, it's funny because before we started our, our church, I didn't know anything about trucks, didn't think about trailers, didn't think about buildings, you know? And now we drive around, we're like, ooh, trucks, dualies, trailers, ooh, you know, like. And uh, he said, hey, we, you know, someone stole the truck. And so Nathan and Skyler, they, they literally jumped in a truck and went after trying to find the thieves because we'd stuck a, um, a tracker in it. And I was dealing with like such anger, right? So Nathan's calm, cool. I like Skyler because he's, you know, Skyler's barely saved, you know? So he's just like, he's as mad as I am. <laughs> just kidding, Sky, just kidding. He's as mad as me. No, I'm just kidding. But, 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 but I remember the day where you're like, no, like you can't steal our truck, our church truck. Like that's just, they would have felt like this every day. Like, ah, oh, like they would have hated this guy. It would have been real pain. It's not just a kid's story. It would have been really frustrating. And here's Jesus. Jesus, Jesus takes these steps towards Zacchaeus. He's reading the story. And I just, I just putting myself, if I'm Zacchaeus and I'm rejected by, I'm being used by the Romans. I'm, I'm hated by my own people. I'm wealthy, but I'm miserable. And the way that Jesus, the way that I see it is Jesus keeps taking steps towards him. Like first, Jesus notices him. He's in the tree. And you think, crowd of people. Imagine how you would feel if you're the isolated, lonely, no friends. And first, Jesus sees you. He just notices you. And then Jesus talked to him. I think you've been surprised. You, you see me? You're going to notice me? Then Jesus calls him by name. Zacchaeus, I mean, at this point you're, oh, oh, you know my name? You see me, notice me, talk to me? Then he accepts him. I'm coming to your house. 
He befriends him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang out with you. I'm gonna enter the house of a tax collector. I thought even this one. Jesus, you're gonna spend time with me instead of the socially acceptable people? You're gonna spend time with a tax collector? And the way that I see it is he just keeps taking steps closer and closer to him. This is what Jesus does. And then Jesus gives this story. I've come to seek and save the lost. I'm gonna take steps. I think, I think that the, I don't know all the feelings if you're Zacchaeus, but certainly one of them would have been surprised. Surprised that you see me. Surprised that you notice me. Surprised that you talk to me. Surprised that you befriend me. Surprised that you will spend time with me. What? Not, 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 not the Pharisees, not, not the religious leaders, not the people in the temple, not, not the good. Me? You're going to spend time? Calendar time. Real time. You're going to come to my house? I think I would have been surprised. C.S. Lewis wrote his autobiography and called it Surprised by Joy. I think that's what Zacchaeus would have called his, Surprised by Jesus. Shocked. Me? And so this is what it means for us to be radiant disciples of Jesus in our city right now. We got a vision. Where the, who are the people in your world, your circle of influence? I'm not talking about everybody on the planet. I'm talking about the few people in your life. Or people that you could intentionally engage with. Like in this case, Jesus just sees a man in a tree. Starts a real friendship. Hey. <laughs> that, that, think about in your, like, I'm not talking like, um, come to church, hear a little message and keep moving. I'm talking about, ah, we don't have time for that. I'm talking about really like through your week. One, two, three, four, five relationships. Who, who could be the ones that you're building with? I think that we um, live in a culture where it is our job to tell them the good news of Jesus. And I know that people say, I don't want to do that. that. In fact, there's probably people that didn't come today because this series is driving them crazy. Because this is uncomfortable because culturally speaking, in our culture, man, as long as you're private with your religion, you're accepted. But the moment you take it into the public square, the moment that you start to declare the gospel, the good news that you believe to be good news, that's when our culture says, hey, that's a little bit too much. That's not okay. And we think, well, that's just the way it is in our culture. It was different, different times. Actually, though, historically, when you read through over and over and over again, the moment that you go public with your faith, the moment that you go public and start to say it, preach it, say it, that's when you get rejected. That's not just here. That's why Paul would pray in Ephesians 6. Hey, pray also for me that whenever I preach the gospel, I may speak it fearlessly. Pray that I would be fearless. Pray that I'd be clear. Why? Because he's doing it. That's what we do. We're a people. We say it with our lives and we say it with our words and we say it with our dollars and we say it with our time, but we say it. We preach it. We know it. We say this is good news. And everybody in our culture, they're buying into some kind of good news. They, they might think, hey, the good news that I think is about it's, it's connected to money or maybe it's connected to politics or maybe it's connected to just escapism and just get away from the world. And just get, but there is something that they're buying into as good news. 
And it's our aim to be so close to Jesus and transformed to be like Jesus and so clear on what the gospel message is, is that we can tell them, hey, we want you to know there is a God. He is the creator of the universe and God wants relationship with you. And I've been walking with him for a while and he saved me and he redeemed me and you can have a hope for the future. And it's actually what he's done on the cross. And this is really, really good news so that we can see people that are in as much in the culture as you are, where it is, it is, it is a swampland of ideas that drag people far from God. And so it's not a theory. It's, it's our story. It's our savior and people today. I know, I know that there's a mask of hate, anger, frustration. How dare you? How dare you preach to me? How dare you try to convert me? And this is our privilege. This is our opportunity. This is, you would know, you would say of your own testimony, I once was lost. And by lost, meaning I just, I just didn't have the answer, but now I know the answer, it's Jesus. I, 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 once, I once was not in relationship, but now I am. And now there's a story in my life. So sure, I've got some other dreams, like, you know, I got some other goals, but it's all through the lens of what Jesus wants for me and who Jesus is. And so Jesus has changed me and transformed me. And so it's a part, every time, listen to me. I've got, my, my phone blew up yesterday with good news. I'm telling you, I had people that the good news, what's inside of them, they were blowing up my phone. I got good news about Deion Sanders. I got good news about the Sooners winning 73 to zero. I got good news, I, I got, right? It was just, right? Because it's, everybody's got something that you go, whoo, yeah. Something. And I'm just telling you, this is, this is us. We are the people, Jesus. I mean, this is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is elated. And he's so grateful that salvation leads to a transformation that's pretty quick. That day, he's like, hey, I'm gonna give up half of what I have. Now, now that's, that's a powerful salvation day. And if I've, if I've ripped off anybody, I'll give four, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll give back four times. Hey, there's this immediate, which, which that's gospel people. It, it, it's the people of God where you said, oh, Jesus saved me. And however, like we, to me, it doesn't matter if it's here on a Sunday or if it's, you know, while you're jogging on 130, or biking on 133rd street, praying for the wrong building. Like, like, like whatever it is that you're doing, but you give your life to Jesus and there's a transformation. Ain't nobody care about you prayed a private prayer and your life looks the same. But man, all of a sudden there's such transformation that you're different. That gets attention. That's like, wow. So we're the people that rearrange our lives to be like Jesus. He came to seek and save the lost. We're on mission with him and we care about that. So it affects how we live. It just does. How do we get there? I'm gonna give you a few thoughts. One, we reposition our lives to align with Jesus' mission. Listen to Paul, a lot of Bible here. Hold on, I'll, I'll read fast. Though I am free, 1 Corinthians 9, 19. Listen to the way Paul talks. He's talking about repositioning the way that he lives his life. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. To win, here's the goal, here's the why, here's the touchdown, here's the aim. To win as many as possible. So he's saying, hey, more than, more than to be 
win, the co- win college football, more than uh, make a lot of money, more than a big house, more than a big pool, more than a, no, no, here's my aim, to win as many as possible. I mean, that's, that's a fun one. We could just, you just put that bumper sticker on, you know, on your car, put that, don't, I mean, to put that on your mirror, put that in your brain, to win, that's, that's, Paul has a moment with Jesus and he's defining his touchdown. He's defining his goal to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So to win those under the law, to those, I'm gonna read the message too because it's a little less confusing. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. So as to win, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Listen to the way the message says it. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily, ooh, what a great word. I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order, here's my why, to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. That's a big one. I, I, I didn't take on their way of life. A.W. A. Tozer says, he talks about this way. He says, uh, you, if, if, the, if the world is like water and you're a boat, you put your boat all the way out in the water, all the way out around sinful people, but there's no water in the boat. You, you're among them, but you, you, you stay like Jesus. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. But this is the phrase I wanted you to hear. This is all for this moment right here. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message or the gospel or the good news. I didn't just want to talk about it. This is the phrase. I know I said the last one was the phrase. This is another phrase. But I wanted to be in on it. Have you ever had anything you want to get in on? Oh, I want in on that. I, 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 that, that, that business is going somewhere. I want in on that. Here's the one that lasts forever. Paul goes, I just, I want to be, a, this, I'm, I'm going to rearrange the way that I think. I want to, and so here's the phrase I want you to get. I want to reposition my life. We reposition our lives to align. So what, how do I get in on? Because here's what makes heaven rejoice. And I'm just saying, if what heaven rejoices over, lost people repenting, coming to know Jesus. And that's what excites heaven. Jesus on a rescue mission, planet earth, invites us and we get to play a role on it. I'm just telling you, there's a whole lot of other missions that seem terribly boring compared to that. Yeah. I was talking to a buddy this week and he said, David, a, uh, a lady gave her life to Jesus a month ago in our church and she has brought 11 people in the last month to church who have uh, come into our church and are considering following Jesus for the first time, never even heard about Jesus, 11. Here's what I thought, I heard that, so that was a phone call this week, and I thought, think about that. And this is, now this is, I know this is mean, I'm just gonna be, just, I promise I'll go back to being nice in a second. But one of the things I fear is, um, when I hear that, and I, like, I, like for me, for me to like know 11 people that don't know Jesus, like, 
I, I, we got to reposition our lives so that we're with them. I was just thinking about like, is it possible that many of us, like, you know, we always say when help people go on a journey, um, we're going to help you be rescued. So say yes to Jesus and then transformed where you become like Jesus and enter into relationships and small groups. And then we want to help you get empowered, filled with the Holy Spirit, know your spiritual gifts, know like how God has wired you so that then you can be, we use the word radiant, you, the way that you pray, serve, give, care, love, shine. This one, evangelize, tell people about Jesus. You're radiant. You're living a life that's different. Jesus, you know, be the light. But I just wonder if sometimes maybe in um, our culture in 2023, if we can get, okay, rescued, pray to prayer, I'm baptized, and now I'm in the transformation process. One of my fears is that we stay in the transformation process for decades. And the same motivation that says, I'll do a masterclass on, online, I just want to better myself, and I love Christian community, but it's, if, if this is a tragedy, if we stay here, if we don't get filled with the power of God and re-enter into the mission, we want in on it. We enter into their world. It's easy to enter into church world and then get stuck right here and you will eventually get bored. And you, then you'll eventually, you'll get your eyes on other people and you'll talk about, well, the, the leader of that small group, he's actually crazy. And, and I actually think my pastor's a little bit nuts too. And, and I got, and, and you got your eyes on people instead of your eyes on Jesus and mission. And, and I'm just saying that's easy to do. So you got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. All right, I need to know my spiritual gifts. I want to get filled with the power of God. And then God, I can't do everything, but I can do something. What is the way that you have called me and wired me to go make a difference, to go be radiant, to go help people come to know Jesus? Where I give calendar time. I'm focused in. I want in on it. I want, I'm going to enter their world. I'm not, I can't, I can't. Jesus is, Jesus is the savior. You're, you're not the savior, but he's invited you in on his mission. So number one, we, so we reposition our lives and then we identify where people are at on their spiritual journey or on their journey with Jesus. So if you could get to where you can even name it. Um, I have one friend that's, he's very resistant, but I'm working on him. I think people start off, they're resistant. At some point, they're not, they're not they haven't been rescued yet, but they're receptive. They'll listen. And then I would say, let, another step, getting closer, they're ready. Uh, you could argue this. I think, I think Zacchaeus was ready. I think the fact that, I think this fact that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, he was, you know, the man in the tree, just ready. He was ready. He was right there, so close. Jesus saw him, rescued him. And this last one is, and this is what we aim for. We aim for this, not just on Sundays, but in small groups. We want to, we want to not just be come, come and see people. We want to be go and tell people where all week long we're telling people about Jesus. And they're rescued, 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 rescued. But if you can get to where you can identify where they're at. Oh, this person's resistant. Um, this person, he's not ready, but he's receptive. Or she. This, this person, whoa. And it might take two years to get them from this spot to this spot. It might take a whole lot of gifts. It might take a whole lot of conversations. A whole lot of compassion. A whole lot of listening. A whole lot of talking. And then you dream about the day where, bam. I say, yes, Jesus be my Lord. I surrender all. And, and that process of getting people from resistant all the way 
to that day where they say, I have decided to follow Jesus. This is, this, this is what we want in on. I want to enter their world. I want to get in on it. And I'll just tell you, that's, that's, that's tip of the arrow stuff. That's, that's better than a great investment. I, I'm all for great investments. I'm not putting that down. That one lasts forever. You got some E-R-O-I on that, right? Eternal reward on investment on that one. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That's, that's the one that we're working on. Actually, I got a text yesterday. It's in a Starbucks and I got this text. It just blows up. And it's one of the three people that I've been praying for in these 21 days. Shocked me. It's not somebody that I would expect to start a conversation with me. It's the one that I'm always leading the conversation. What's up? How you doing? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? But hey, we're in 21 days. I'm one of the people that like you believe that when we labor in the spiritual realm and we pray every day, boom, boom, boom. Even if it's quick, God, I pray for these three people. Bam, bam, bam. God goes, all right. Happened to me yesterday. Shock. One of the men I'm praying for, bam. He started a conversation with me. I'll tell you, it wasn't about Jesus. But you know what I did? You can imagine. Push everything else aside. Bam, have my attention. You know some of those um, text messages where you're just watching the three little bubbles and you're just like, what are they writing? What are they writing? <laughs> and you're like into it. I was, that's what me yesterday. I was like, I stopped everything else, minimized everything else. And I was just praying, God, God, God. And, and, and I didn't take it to Bible verses. You're the preacher. You should take the Bible. So, nope. Here's what I, I just, what's, I'm, I'm trying, you know why? Because I'm working on him. God's working on him. I'm not working on him, but you know what? We're his hands and we're his feet right now. Yeah. And I'm just telling you this. I got a little excited about some of the scores yesterday. My team did real well. But I'm not crying about that. Some of you are bored. You're just bored because you just look too much like the culture. You'll get where you care about this. You got some people you're working on. And they make that step, just one, just a little step. I'm telling you, it takes a long time. Go from resistant, receptive, ready, rescued. That could be a, that could be a, that could be 20 years. I just want to invite you to be like Paul and go on the journey. I just want to invite you to dream. Who knows what God could do? I, 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 I'm believing for this guy. I'm, 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 I'm writing paragraphs in my journal. God, ask for this guy. Give me open door, open door, open door, open door, open door, open door. Bam. He texts me. You text me. And you know what? I got a next step. Open the door a little bit. That's why dad and I are working on this idea. I would love for all of you to think about maybe starting what we call city groups. The whole goal is just to get around people. Start a group where it's just, it's just, it's just to be around people, that, to build relationship. That, like we have one group that started. It's a college football group. They watch. The only thing they do is post. Hey, we're gonna watch college football. Here's what, they open up their house, turn on their TV, their salsa, their chips, 
That's it. Just come on. We're going to watch the game every Saturday. But you know what's happening? People come. I don't know people that are resistant, maybe receptive, but it's just, just a way to just get them, just get them on that journey. Just spend some time building some relationship, just talking to them. I'm just telling you, you want in on this. Paul said, I want in on it. I've become a servant. Yeah, it's a servant. Yeah, but I'm David, I, I want top of the food chain. I want everybody to work for me. I want, I want every barista to make my favorite $7 drink. I want, I want my whole life to be where everybody takes. And at the end, you'll be miserable. You become the servant of all. Flip it. I become their servant. Why? To win as many as possible. I got a vision. I got to keep them fishing. Can I tell you what happened to me yesterday? I can't tell. I, can't, I don't explain it. Uh, I called a friend after the person I've been praying for. Because I just had to tell somebody. I think we're, I think we're taking ground. I want to invite you. Rearrange your life. Work on it. Name it. Let's be salt and light. Let's be a radiant church. We, and just ask God, who are the people? I'll close with this. Bring the keys on out. Uh, one of my, one, I, I think Jesus, when he invites his disciples to go and, and tell the world, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, teach them everything I've commanded. Surely I'm with you always at the end of time. It, it, it's, it's the ones he's invested in. And he's saying, I, I, I want you to get in on what I'm doing. He's got a rescue plan to save the world. And Jesus going to the cross, dying in our place for our sin, raising from the dead three days later, he, he is rescuing lost, broken, hurting people. And that mission is more exciting than owning millions of dollars of real estate. It's way more exciting than a Super Bowl victory. This is what we want in on with our lives. This is, and I'm not saying it just in eternity. I, I am telling you that the, the people who have tears in their eyes in their 70s that made this the goal of their lives are experiencing higher levels on earth of joy. A little bit of heaven on earth. A little bit of heaven rejoices, you start to rejoice. It's just, you, the parent that sees it, so clear. And I want to invite you to think more than just your kids. The people around you. Because Jesus went after the poor, the broken, the hurting. And I know we want it for our kids because we want the best for our children. I'm all in on that. Let's go. I just want to invite you to expand your circle and to care about more than just that. I love that. And I think this is Jesus wanting all of us to be his family, go on mission with him. When we moved here um, seven years ago, it's 
hard to explain the joy that I've experienced in just watching my, Renata and I watching our four children um, go on mission with us. Um, it's really, it was really fun when my son Justice was six. To, he, he's, a, he's a tough guy, he's a man's man. He's, skips a generation, but he got it from his grandpa, you know, like he's tough. And uh, just watching him at six years old with joy, load trucks and trailers and, and, and like it. Um, my daughter, Adeline, she did this uh, small group for little, little kids during the portable, because we, we get there just before 6 a.m. and then it's a long time till nine o'clock, so three hours, and we had all these little kids. It took three hours to set everything up in school. And she did this small group for kids and just feel the joy of watching her do that. Or right now, my daughter, Liv, she's seven years, but she's been serving Radiant Kids. She's preaching today. She's preaching today in Radiant Kids on Habakkuk and I'm preaching on Zacchaeus. Which one do you think is brighter? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like we should switch. <laughs> and she's preaching in there today to your kids. My boy, Doss. I called him the associate pastor when he was 12 because he was making all the videos when we started and sit at the coffee shops with me and help me dream, prepare. I was thinking about my joy in those kids helping going on mission with Renata and I. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, every rescued, transformed, empowered person that says, I'll go on mission. I have joy. My family going on mission. Every one of my disciples that just leaves behind. Where is America? This is, we, got, we got so many wonderful things here. We got a hundred options. And that's one of our dangers. We've got so much fun, so much wealth. Every single one of us that gets the privilege of going, we're a family on mission with Jesus. He's our leader. He finds joy in you going on mission with him. And I'll tell you this. Are you looking for joy? If a little bit of what causes heaven to rejoice, causes us to rejoice, it reframes the way that we see our world. It's worth it. Bring joy to our lives too. And the reason why we do it is because it's what brings joy to our God. This is what he's about. This is the season that we're in. We're in the season where we, we're in the church age. We're a great commission people. We're a great commission church. It's what he's called us to do. So let's go on mission with Jesus.